Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Children need a lot of friendly reminders. So you probably are familiar with these, right? Friendly reminders. Uh, Have you brushed your teeth this morning? Have you brushed your teeth before you've gone to bed? Did you do your homework? Hey, don't forget to eat your vegetables. Right? Even as adults, we maybe not like to, don't like to hear that. Uh, where's your coat? Right? It's negative 11 outside. Where's your coat? Where's your gloves? Come on. Uh, don't stay up so late on a school night. And on Saturday night, too, right? Which, as we are wont to do. These friendly reminders serve a purpose. They serve a purpose. First, they're friendly. They have the child's best interest at heart, right? They're friendly. They have the child's best interest at heart. Second, they call to the child's attention those beneficial things that are easily neglected, conveniently forgot, or many times that they just don't want to do. But to children, and that's the problem, right? To children, friendly reminders can seem unfriendly. Unfriendly. And therefore unwelcome. It's topsy-turvy. That something that is born from love, from concern, intended for a child's welfare, their well-being, would be met with things like, I don't want to. You can't make me. Or my personal favorite, you're not the boss of me, right? You guys never say that, I know. They think it's all about you, it's not. In today's Old Testament from Micah, the children of God take a different tactic. And it's one that we do too. It's surprising actually. When God reminds His children, hey, you're not walking in my ways, which are perfect. You're not living in my love, which is perfect and for you. You're not embracing your freedom from slavery. Their response is to call God unreasonable. Nothing makes you happy. Do you see the problem? I hope you do because it's our problem too. That the suggestion from God's children is that, hey, I'm not the problem. You're the problem, God. You're unappeasable. You're the one who wants the impossible. Isn't it a shame that God's children view their loving Heavenly Father as just a stoic, uncaring, distant tyrant much of the time? And here's the response that they give when God gives them this reminder. Okay? Here's what they say. With what shall I come before the Lord? And bow myself before God on high. Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Well, that's probably not enough. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? With ten thousand of rivers of oil? Or should I give my firstborn for my transgression? In other words, sacrifice my child. For my sin, for my transgression. The fruit of my body for the sin of of my soul. God's unappeasable. God's unreasonable. 
And then there's this exaggeration that this is what he wants. And God never intended or asked for any of these things. None of them. He has told you, this is God talking now, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly. That applies to us as well. Do justice. Do those things that are the ways of God. Love kindness. Love your neighbor. Walk humbly before God. God simply wants His children to remember their identity. His children. And that means remaining childlike. What do I mean by childlike? I mean recognizing their dependence on Him. In all things, their dependence on Him. In all things. You are dependent on Him for the truth. You are dependent on Him for all that you receive. You are dependent on Him for salvation. You are dependent on Him for faith. Which believes His Word by His Spirit and lives it out. But just like the people in today's Old Testament text, we hear this, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. I don't want to. You can't make me. You're not the boss of me. We become not childlike. We become childish. (laughs) Right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. We refuse to live in this love that we've been given to go God's way, to walk in God's freedom from slavery and sin and death. We say no to God's justice, no to loving kindness, no to walking humbly. And we engage in boastful, risky, destructive, unwise, fallen, broken behavior that leads to all kinds of messes as children are wont to make. And we resent when God says, hey, that's probably not a good idea. Calls us back for Him. And not only calls us out of those things that are harmful, but things that separate us from Him from all eternity, right? Seems topsy-turvy. Something born from God's love intended for your welfare and mine would be met with, I don't want to. You can't make me. You're not the boss of me. You see, the problem is is we don't want to be called children. Even when we behave like spoiled brats. Isn't that something? And just like the people in today's text, we can turn the tables on God, attack the one who loves us, who is a father to us. And again, we insist the problem isn't us. The problem is God. He's the one who's unreasonable. God has an answer for that too. He reminds us of all the things that He has done on our behalf, on your behalf. Things That we cannot do things that I cannot do. Things that you cannot do on our own. Things that we easily forget about. In the Old Testament, the people in Micah's time that the prophet speaks to today, God speaks to the prophet in this. He says, what have I done? How have I wearied you? 
For I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses and Aaron and Miriam. And remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him. And what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of Yahweh, of the Lord, who loves you, right? That's not in our text, but it's implied. So what had happened? You remember, right? You remember that God brought the people out of slavery to Egypt with righteous acts of judgment. A mighty hand and an outstretched arm. They couldn't free themselves. They were stuck. Stuck. What the people couldn't do, God did for them. You remember? Through the plagues. God demonstrated through the plagues His control over all things. And through those things delivered His people. The Egyptian gods, right? The supposed Egyptian gods, which were said to have uh, helped nurture the river, the land, the animals, Pharaoh, they were powerless. And God's mighty act moved the Egyptians, and especially Pharaoh, from refusing to let his people go to demanding that his people leave, pleading with them to leave. Here's all our gold. Uh, get out of here. And then God tells them to remember what happened from Shittim to Gilgal. What happened? Well, God brought His people to the promised land initially. And He told them, uh, you're going to go in, right? You don't have to wander for the 40 years. Go into the promised land. They refused. They refused. They didn't believe God was going to make due on His promise. They refused to go in. Seemed topsy-turvy, doesn't it? That something born from love, such a great gift, something intended for their welfare, would be met with, I don't want to. I'm not gonna. You can't make me. You're not the boss of me. You see the problem? So then they are in the wilderness for 40 years, and from Shittim to Gilgal, God provides. God provides lovingly, despite His Children being childish. Nothing's good enough, right? Like spoiled brats. God brought His people from Shittim. And if you don't know where that is, uh, that's where Israel stayed on the long journey through the wilderness after they left Egypt, right? The first place. To Gilgal, which is the first place Israel stayed at after they crossed into the Jordan under Joshua into the Promised Land. God brought them there. They couldn't do it on their own. He provided food that they did not work for, water from the rock, other things. Always met with, oh, we detest this horror. Oh, if we were just back in slavery. Childish. Despite His children's childish ways, God does what any loving parent does cares and loves them. And He does the same for you. He does the same for you in spite of all your childlike demands and antics. He has made you His child in baptism. He has joined you to Jesus Christ. He calls, gathers, and enlightens you by His Holy Spirit who leads you to live as God's child and leads you to be childlike in relation to Him. Totally dependent. On Him for salvation. 
totally dependent on Jesus. We preach Christ crucified, Paul says. We preach Christ crucified. It's about Him. You know that Jesus became like you, like one of us. But unlike us, Jesus did justice and loved kindness. He condemned sin, but loved sinners. Justice and kindness. He walked humbly. Did you ever think about that? He walked humbly. Even though Jesus was God, He placed Himself in childlike deference to the Father's Word, to the Father's will, to the Father's plan, remaining faithful to those things. Remaining faithful to the Father's Word, the Father's will, the Father's plan. Even though Jesus was God, He never behaved like a spoiled brat. Entitled, defiant, insolent, ungrateful. Not at all. The King of King and Lord of Lords, think about that now, the King of King and Lord of Lords could have been childish. It's unreasonable for you, uh, Heavenly Father, to call me to perfect obedience. I'm God. But Jesus comes what? To be served. I'm, I'm sorry, not to be served. I always get that wrong. Not to be served, but to serve. Think about that. The King of kings and Lord of lords comes not to be served, but to serve, according to the Father's good and gracious will. Today, it is suggested by God's people that each one of them would offer up their firstborn, right? As a sacrifice to appease God. God never required such a hefty sacrifice from you, from me, or from anyone else. Not thousands of rams, not 10,000 rivers of oil, not our firstborn. But He does send His Son. He sends His Son to give His life as a ransom for many, for you, for me. To be that sacrifice for the sins of of the world. We preach Christ crucified. His death is the example. This is the thing uh, that God calls for in Micah. His death for you is the example of God's justice, punishing sin, and God's kindness, pardoning sinners. Think about how we would react if we were placed in that situation uh, and we had to do what Jesus did. Jesus could have been childish about it. Hey, uh, it's not fair. I didn't do it. Right? I get that even when they do stuff wrong. Right? I didn't do it. Jesus could have been childish about it. He could have complained. It's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. But He joyfully, joyfully, Paul tells us, gives everything so that we can receive every blessing through Him. Just like God's Old Testament people, we need Jesus to lead us from birth to death, through the wilderness of sin and death. But it's so easy to forget all that He does. Again, beginning that journey in baptism, bringing it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, in which we enter that Perfect promised land. The new heavens and the new earth. Jesus must lead us through our childish times, 
through our rebellious times, remind us of His forgiveness, reminds us that He renews and leads us as children of God and grants us childlike reliance and trust in Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need a lot of friendly reminders. Children do. Remember your baptism. Study God's Word. Hear that Word proclaimed to you and for you. Eat the body of the Lord. Drink His blood. These friendly reminders serve a purpose. First, they're friendly. They have your best interests at heart. Right? Second, they're reminders. Doing those things that we sometimes forget about, don't have time for, or sometimes just don't want to do. And those friendly reminders can sometimes seem unfriendly and therefore unwelcome. We don't want to be called His children even when we act like spoiled brats. God has an answer for that too. And Paul has an answer for that too. He reminds us that it is not our doing these things that make us God's children. I know that sounds weird. It's not a hoop to jump through so that now you can uh, have earned God's favor or something like that. It's not a hoop. It is God working through these things to lead you through that wilderness from birth to death, Shittim to Gilgal, through the wilderness of sin and death to the promised land of life with Him. Today, the Apostle Paul does a great job of succinctly proclaiming the Gospel to you and to me. In his letter to the church in Corinth, Paul calls the people of God not to be childish, but childlike. To know that God has given you all things in Christ. God has given you all things in Christ. Here's what he says. Because of God, you're in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Here's what He is for you. Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts, in the Lord. Thanks be to God that we are His children. Childlike. And called not to be childish. We preach Christ crucified. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding be with you and bring you to life everlasting. Amen.